Hi there! Welcome to episode 28 of the Wave Back Music Podcast. Today's episode is Bastion for the Xbox 360, PlayStation 4, and PC. Enjoy! This is the Wave Back Music Podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Vicky. And we're here to talk to you about some of the most interesting video game music there is. Tonight is Vicky's choice, and she has a brand new microphone. She sounds fantastic, doesn't she? And she has chosen what many consider to be an indie masterpiece. It's got some great tunes, an awesome announcer, and just an overall fantastic game. Tonight we listen to the music of Bastion. Come on, pay attention. Bastion was originally released for the Xbox 360 and PC on July 20th, 2011, and was later ported to various other platforms, including PS4, Vita, and iOS platforms. It was the first game released by developer Supergiant Games, who followed it up with the PS4 game Transistor and the upcoming PS4 game Pyre. Bastion is an action RPG told from an isometric 3D view. It's got an outstanding and colorful art direction, and it was a- just absolutely oozes with style. I've had very limited playing playtime with it myself, but from what little, little I have experienced, it's a very cool-looking game. But perhaps what Bastion is best known for is its unique narration. As you play, a narrator with an awesome voice, a way awesomer voice than mine, tells you the story of the game that you're playing as you're playing it, and the effect is really quite special. Now, Vicky, why don't you tell us a bit about the game's composer? Darren Korb is an American songwriter and composer best known for creating the music featured in Bastion and Transistor, which, you know, we're doing right now. Well, we're doing Bastion. (laughs) He went to New York University for music production and music business. Prior to his work with Supergiant Games, he worked on minor television and film projects. He was also a member of the New York City band Audio Fiction and was the co-founder as well as the current member of New York City indie band Control Group. A childhood friend of Supergiant Games co-founder Amir Rao, Korb was selected to write the music for Bastion. He was brought onto the team in the beginning stages of the project, and several of the pieces he developed were created prior to the final design of the levels in which they were associated. Korb describes the music in Bastion as acoustic frontier trip-hop, combining heavily sampled beats and layers along with acoustic elements. It was intended to evoke both the American frontier and an exotic fantasy world. In addition to composing the music, Korb wrote all the lyrics for the soundtrack. The soundtrack features four vocal themes, Build That Wall, What's Left Undone, Mother I'm Here, and Setting Sail, Coming Home. Supergiant Games originally had not planned to release a full soundtrack album for the game, but due to fan demand, they released one in digital format on August 5, 2011, with two songs not heard in the game. These songs are Get Used to It, which has a voiceover written by Greg Kasavin and spoken by Logan Cunningham, and the Pantheon Ain't Gonna Catch You, with lyrics written by Corb and sung by Cunningham. Bastion won the Spike Video Game Awards for Best Original Score and Best Song in a Game for Build That Wall, Zaya's Theme. A physical CD version of the soundtrack was released on September 22nd, 2011. The soundtrack would go on to sell 30,000 copies by November 2011. You can purchase its albums on the Supergiant Bandcamp, which will be added in the show notes at the bottom. Now your turn. It is? 
Yeah. It's my turn. It's your turn. He's currently working on the soundtrack for Supergiant Games' new title, Pyre, which I mentioned earlier, which is coming out in 2017. Now, at the end of this episode, we've got another special uh, interview that Vicky did with this game's composer Yay. himself, <laughs> and it is awesome. Or at least I assume it is. I honestly haven't listened to it yet because I didn't want to spoil anything for oh. this episode. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and get ourselves started. Um... My history with this game is actually, like I said before, it's very limited. I downloaded it on Xbox 360 uh, around when it first came out, and I was very enthralled by it, but I was distracted by something shiny and never wound up going back to it. But uh, <laughs> I do remember desperately liking this game quite a bit uh, and, and always meaning to go back to it. Um, and I still do. It's it's on my list of things to get to. Um, but just to put things into perspective, I'm just now uh, putting some serious time into Super Meat Boy, so... Uh, yeah, my, my backlog is considerable. But uh, yeah, I would really much, I would really, really like to, to play through this game. So as a result of this, this is another one of those fun episodes for me where I have purposely not listened to any of this music ahead of time. I'm going this completely blind. It should be an awful lot of fun. Vicky, what's your history with this game and why did you decide to choose it for this episode? Uh, well, I've been on kind of an indie game kick for a couple of months now. And... <laughs> I don't know when I should stop. It, it started with uh, Risk of Rain, and then I downloaded um, Crypt of the Necro Dancer, all because of the Steam sale. So I'm gonna blame uh, Steam. The Steam sale. Two dollar games? Are you kidding me? How can you say no? Well, don't that's sign over. Up for Steam. That's how I say no. <laughs> Seriously, well, my I... backlog is bad now. If I had a Steam account, I would be. It would just be a shame. More shamed than it is now. It's really, like, unfortunate. I have, like, a large backlog, too, because whenever I'm at work, I get to listen to music. So I listen to all the soundtracks of games, and some of them, like, are similar genres to the other ones. And I listen to all of Bastion, and then I got Crypt of the Necro Dancer, Transistor, Obi and the Blind Forest, or Ori, Ori and the Blind Forest. Well, I really, I really want to play that one. On oh, Xbox One, we did VVVVVV recently, which is another yeah. indie classic. I played that. That was difficult. With a killer soundtrack. <laughs> it was great. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to that episode. Mm -hmm. The soundtrack is outstanding, uh, and uh, it is done by uh, Magnus Paulson, whose yeah. name I know how to pronounce now. So Thank proud. you, Twitter. <laughs> oh yeah, but my history with this game, um, I played it many years ago when it first came out, and. I was hooked immediately. I was in love with the um, <laughs> with the narrator of the game. I thought that was so clever and precious. <laughs> and I bought the game again on the Steam sale, and I started playing it again. It was a little hard to get back into, though. Like you picked up where you left off, or you just started from scratch? No, I had to start over, because I was playing at my friend's house. Ah, gotcha. But I know. That's how I beat all my games. Go to someone's <laughs> house, beat it there. Say I beat it, and then never play again. But I'm working on that. Well, I mean, I guess it beats my just never play in the first place problem. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and jump right in here. Uh, track number one is called A Proper Story. Um, what can you tell us about this one before we jump in? This is heard near the beginning of the game. It is probably one of the themes of the game. And I think it's the theme of the game. 
listen to it when I when we listen to it. <laughs> I've been mixing them all up all day. All right, then here is our track number one for the evening from Bastion, A Proper Story. <laughs> Bastion, and that was a proper way to start off the episode. What a kick-ass song. <laughs> I am glad that you liked it. What's not to like? I mean, the it's got just this killer Western feel to it. Um, almost reminded me of something you'd hear in the uh, part of the soundtrack on the show Firefly, but uh, it was a little bit more, even a little bit more sci-fi than that, because they always had kind of a, you know, Western themes, you know, cut with a little bit of Star Wars, John Williams type sci-fi stuff thrown in there for to score Firefly, and this one was even a little bit further with like those kind of neat little laser gun sound effects that were part of the uh, the percussion. But boy, oh boy, that's that's a good one. I love this song a lot. It's because it's one of the themes of the game. It's just so like upbeat and like it's so cool. It is. It is. It is very cool. It's got just a very. It oozes coolness to it, which. I mean, really, this is, it makes for a great theme of this game because the game itself just oozes so much cool. All right, uh, well, let's move on to our track number two, Terminal March. Um, it doesn't sound happy. Uh, this is my—I think this is my favorite track in the game. Oh. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> All right, well then, let's uh, let's let's hop right in. Here is track number two from Bastion, Terminal March.
All right, that was Terminal March by Darren Korb from the soundtrack to Bastion. Uh, wow. Did you what like a, it? Of course I liked it. Did What's you like that? the Middle Eastern themes? <laughs> they were. I, I thought that was really interesting, and it sounded, um, to me, it was sounding very, uh, very Asian to start with. Uh, mm-hmm. Like something out of a kung fu movie, but with like obviously a lot of more modern drums and stuff. And then there was like a, a lot of Indian themes. It kind of felt like with that um, primary string instrument there. Like it was just kind of being played like, I don't know, that's just what struck me in the head. Um, <laughs> but have you ever played the new Tetris for Nintendo 64? Yes. This song would fit on that soundtrack like a freaking glove. Really? Um, the soundtrack to the new Tetris, all right, the new Tetris is one of the best versions of Tetris ever conceived by a human. It is so, <laughs> so good. And the soundtrack is done by, I, I can't think of the guy's name, um, but he also did the, te- the the music to Tetrisphere. And it is it is very similar to this by putting just totally badass beats behind all this very ethnic sounding music. And, oh, God, it's this would fit right in there. And I, I was just having flashbacks to playing hours and hours of new tetris while listening to this this is what a what a great track what a great use of all the instruments the the bells and whatnot and i was i wasn't expecting this to to kind of conclude i mean obviously it's it stopped short which was a bit surprising but uh much like the the first track it kind of seemed to to end naturally which is um i'm assuming this loops in the game yeah okay uh so where where is this happening in the game what what can Put this into context and, and give me your thoughts since I just, you know, word barfed all over the place. <laughs> um, I actually don't remember this because I haven't gotten this far yet. <laughs> I know. It's real bad. Uh, this is pretty early in the soundtrack, too. I mean, I know. obviously we're skipping a ton of tracks, but okay, cool. I'm pretty sure this was battle music. <laughs> gotcha. I don't want to, like, be wrong and, like... <laughs> How people get mad at me, though? <laughs> Let's just say it was part of an awesome part of the game. That way, yes. we can't possibly be wrong. All right, cool. So, um, so this one was it was was this in fact the, so- the song you thought this is your favorite yes, track? Yes, this was my favorite. All right, it's it's definitely by far the longest track we'll be listening to tonight. Yep. Vicky did pare down the soundtrack quite a bit, and uh, like we said, we're gonna provide some links to the actual full soundtrack in the show notes because um. Uh, from what I've come to understand, there is no shortage of outstanding music on here to, to listen to. Uh, you have anything else to add before we move on to track three? No, I'm glad I was able to share that track with you <laughs> and that you liked it. Uh, you're two for two so far. I, yes. I don't imagine things are going to go downhill from here. So here is track number three. Uh, it is called Percy's Escape. I assume it is about somebody named Percy escaping from something. And I assume it's not the same Percy from Thomas the Tank Engine. Uh, although if it is, this game just got a lot cooler in my book. Oh my so uh, let's all think about Choo Choo's and uh, the island of Sodor. Yes, I have a toddler. Uh, here is track number three for the night, Percy's Escape. <laughs> Thank you. 
Morrissey's Escape. That was quite an intense song. You got that right. <laughs> um, I also cannot remember where this was. I think this is in... Well, this is where Percy escapes, right? <laughs> it's in the city Caledonia. Oh, Caledonia. Yes, I think that's what it's called. And um, we here at Waveback strive to pronounce as much incorrectly as possible. <laughs> we, we're doing our best here. <laughs> Percy was actually one of the deceased characters or petrified characters in the game. I don't have any idea what you're talking about. All I know is that this song was freaking awesome. Oh, so another good song. Cool. Yeah. Um, I love the downplaying of the, or the very quick pizzicato. Oh, not pizzicato. The, the bouncing on the strings. I forgot what that was called. I call it the string bouncy. Okay. <laughs> that's good. I'm making that up right now. We no, yeah, that's, terms. that's, that, the, the strings in general, Um, I felt like the strings had kind of a retro fidelity to them. Um, but I can't tell, like, I feel like my headphones are acting a little weird. So that may have just been, uh, something that was coming through my, just something that's coming through my headphones. But either way, the, um, the whole kind of feel of what the, the music was, was portraying to me was very like old cartoons, very like black and white movie cartoons kind of ness to them. Um, that great part is in the middle with the, um, it starts to like. Not slow down, but like you hear the Oh shit, the yeah, when the, the, the piano yeah, just yeah. comes in and mm-hmm. it, it really, it sounds an awful lot like a sound from Chrono Trigger, but with a crazy drum beat underneath it. It was <laughs> um, uh, the map screen music in, uh, when you like on the regular main homeland timeline, whenever you walk out into the woods, it was a very similar piano riff to that, that gorgeous track in Chrono, Chrono Trigger and Really, if your if your soundtrack is alluding to Chrono Trigger, even unintentionally, you're doing a good job because Chrono Trigger is one of the best soundtracks in the history of games. Um, man, oh man, uh, that that was fun. Very, very much escape. Like, there's there's no question about it. This was escape music, no doubt. <laughs> so we are gonna move on to the next sound uh, track, which is "Build That Wall." Now, I'm assuming this has something to do with building a wall. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. I'm so good at this. <laughs> All right, having no real clue what it is that we're doing here, track number four from Bastion, Build That Wall. Tears are gonna spill 
said earlier that there were songs with lyrics in them in this uh, soundtrack and even then I, I am still surprised. Really? Yeah I didn't I for some reason I just didn't see it coming. Oh. Um, pretty song. Very pretty song. Thank you. It wasn't me. It was Ashley Barrett. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Good work Vicky. <laughs> Thanks. I try. No um, the vocalist is Ashley Barrett. She is the vocalist for that she um she actually sings in transistor as well oh neat yes um that song is just it's very beautiful just very like hauntingly beautiful it is it is a it is a very pretty song no no doubt i mean i don't i don't have a ton to say about it uh, <laughs> this is this is kind of a, th- a thing with me is is um this is music that I genuinely appreciate, but I don't seem to have as much to say about it. Um, a lot of times, when there's lyrics and songs uh, for, for video game music, I, I, I appreciate it that, that it's cool. It's just a uh, this wouldn't. Um, a lot of the times when I listen to video game soundtracks, it's it's I'm very specifically listening to it to not have lyrics. And uh, a lot of times when lyrics show up in things, it's either some sort of slow ballad like this, or it just kind of throws me off, like the. Uh, the horror that is the music in Sonic Adventure, uh, <laughs> Sonic Adventure Two. Oh God, <laughs> it hurts right now just thinking about it. Um, <laughs> I forgot you hate that so much. This that, was just a few episodes ago that we mentioned this. Desperately, desperately. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. What do you What do you have to say about this one? I guess in the game it would be like more memorable for like what's going on you would like connect I, more with the characters and out of context is just like a very nice song to listen to yeah i'm certain that um this would have much more of an impact if you actually played the game which is i mean obviously the case with a lot of video game music too is there's i mean even something as simple as um uh koji koji kondo's um uh, hip tanaka's uh you know ending music to super mario land uh, you can listen to it on on its own, and it uh, it's its own fun little thing. But it has more of an impact if you've you know, played through the game, and then you see them flying away in the airplane. I know it's it's a very simple thing, but um, yeah, I don't know. Good track, 
No, no <laughs> doubt about it. Just uh, not not for me. Any hoosers, uh, let's move on. Uh, we're on to our track number five for the evening. This one is called Spike in a Rail. I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb and say that this has something to do with a spike on a rail. Good uh, guess. And I'm going to keep on using that joke uh, <laughs> until somebody stops me. So here is our track number five for the evening, Spike on a Rail from Bastion. <laughs> track i love that song so much it's so good reminds me of the soundtrack to justified you ever watch that show no oh gee, really timothy oliphant really? oh god great really? show great oh. show oh it's it's over track it down it's fantastic okay <laughs> yeah really you know hitting up with the western theme again i didn't realize that so much of the soundtrack had um so much of a a, a western vibe mm-hmm. um really really great Really great stuff. Old West style. Uh Oh my God. I never thought I would love a banjo. Really? Then clearly you haven't listened to enough Banjo Guy Ollie. I have not. Who is that? 
Oh my God, he's I've... like my hero. Uh, his name is his name is Ali, and he plays the banjo, and he does video game covers, like amazing video game covers on the banjo and various other instruments, like the you know, mandolin and whatnot. He is probably the most uh, absurdly talented person I've ever seen. I believe he's also a judo master and ha- works for the the uh, the government in some sort of secret capacity, and he could probably. I don't know. I, I think he has laser vision. Um, I'm pretty sure I've seen him shoot an optic blast or two. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Banjo Guy Ali. I'll I'll plug the shit out of him any chance I get. Um, I was literally downloading his latest stuff on Bandcamp because I subscribed to him, uh, and he just put his. He did a whole Mega Man month, which was just really oh, took his God. recording quality to the next level with these things, and uh, so good, so good. Um, but yes, banjo, what a great instrument. Uh, I love the banjo. I really do. I have one. I'm terrible at playing it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great instrument when used properly. Uh, and this was a, a great use of it. This is just kick-ass music, man. This is kick-ass. It also reminded me of um, Borderlands a little bit. Because mm. that was kind of like deserty and western. Not western, but like in the desert. Yeah, it has that kind of a feel to it. I'm going to take your word for it. I never played Borderlands. What? It's fun. Looks neat, but again, it wasn't really my style. <laughs> I sold a lot of copies of it, but sure. I, it was one of those games I knew like I would play it, and if I had the time to play it, I'd probably love it, but chances are I would never, never be able to play through it to the end. All right, let's, uh, let's see. we got two tracks left. This next track is called The, the Mans... What? Mancer's Dilemma. The Mancer's Dilemma. I wonder what the Mancer was so... Uh, Delemiated on. No. I don't know what we're talking about. Why? I shouldn't be allowed to do things. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's listen to our track number six for the e- evening, the Mansers Dilemma. That was pretty rad. Mm-hmm. 
I was uh, the the beats were kind of all over the place on that one. I was on a, there was there were some very fun unexpected turns there. Yeah, I love uh, how like skippy some of the beats are. Mm-hmm. They're very unique. Yeah, I got a different breakbeat kind of vibe to them. I really liked the um, it was kind of going against itself a little bit by some very light sounding instruments in the foreground and then the background were all these really like intense strings. It was a had a real uh dichotomy to actually use that word correctly in a sentence to it uh i i was that was impressive good stuff all right everybody we're on to our last track of the evening uh vicky why don't you tell us a little bit about setting sail coming home end theme it is the end theme of the game <laughs> literally the ending of the game um oh this one is another vocal track so i'm sorry chris that's okay I, I didn't dislike okay. the last one. <laughs> All right, so this next track is going to be our, our, like I said, it's going to be our last track of the evening. It is called uh, Setting Sail, Coming Home, End Theme, which, uh, you know, Setting Sail and Coming Home are two typical things that happen in video game endings quite a bit. Um, and considering that Bastion was all about a giant adventure, uh, I'm sure this is going to be a sweeping, a sweeping and enthralling track. Now, you had mentioned that this is another one with vocals in it, so... Um, uh, I guess, uh, is it the same vocalist? Is it, uh... Nope. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Well, then don't spoil the surprise. Here <laughs> is our last track of the evening. Uh, track number seven, Setting Sail, Coming Home, End Theme. <laughs>
interesting track. Yeah, they combined, um, well, they added Build That Wall into this and kind of sped it up, which was really nice. I liked it sped up. I liked that it was more complex and not like so simple. It was very, uh, it was it was more melancholy than I would expect, uh, just based on the um, uh, the title of this track. It was definitely more melancholy than I expected. Uh, I guess I was kind of expecting more of a straight up happy ending. Uh, no, not like, not not like super fun, boppy, happy music. Yeah. <laughs> this one kind of sounds like you know things went poorly. Um, yeah, well, kind of. At the end of the game, well, I guess I could. Do you want me to spoil it? Oh, go for it. Um, you could choose to restore the old world in the game, and the character pretty much says, "I'll see you in the next one." Or you could evacuate your home and leave forever. So it's kind of like bittersweet. Both decisions are like kind of make a tough choice. I guess the restoring one is a little better. <laughs> huh. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um. Like I said, uh, su- surprising melancholy. I'm surprised that that's a uh, kind of the way this uh this ends. But yeah, I'm sorry we ended on such a low note. Uh. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Uh, if it's if it's true to the game, then that's that's the important thing because that's what we're here to do is appreciate the soundtrack of these games. Um, boy, so uh, this was a hell of a soundtrack. Um, can you give us a little bit of an overview of the tracks that we skipped tonight, like the kinds of stuff that we would one would look forward to when downloading the entire soundtrack, as one should because it was clearly awesome. It would be more Western music. Um, in a lot of the songs, he included more of the um the middle eastern themes which i really liked and i was kind of sad that i didn't include all of them uh a lot of the uh the tone of the game was pretty like upbeat so you will be missing out on more upbeat songs so go get them yes and get them by following the (laughs) link in our show notes uh, all right. Well, I guess that's going to be it. That's going to be, uh, that's our episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening. Um, tune in next time. We'll be celebrating the 30th anniversary of Metroid by listening to the original's amazing soundtrack. And we will also be joined by my fellow Stone Age Gamer co-host, Dan Ryan, to help talk about this one. So it's going to be a real treat because anytime Dan Ryan speaks, it's a treat. <laughs> As always, we'd love to hear everyone's thoughts and memories of these games, and we've just made it a little bit easier to do so with our new Waveback Facebook page. Just search for Waveback on Facebook, and uh, you'll find out more information about our next games, as well as a nice, convenient place to talk about them, because we always want to hear what you have to say about the games that we are about to listen to, and particularly the soundtracks involved. Of course, you can still send us an email at mail at geekade.com, and while you're at it, check out all our other social media channels, which you should totally follow, like, and subscribe to if you haven't already. And be sure to check out all the other great content we have on our site over at geekade.com. Be sure to stick around now for the special interview that Vicky did with the game's composer, Darren Corp. Thank you again for listening, and uh, good night. My first question, actually, was, um, how is E3? I didn't go. What? <laughs> so, good. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was good. I watched it 
uh, online most of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought because of Pyre, you would have Yeah, been well, there. A, a couple of guys, uh, Amir and Greg went, and everybody um, else just was kept working. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, we'll get right into it then. Um, sure. When did you first get into music? Jeez, uh, <laughs> I started doing musical theater when I was a little kid, like about probably four or five years old. Oh, wow. Um, so I, you know, singing and dancing and all that stuff, uh, when I was a little kid. And then I, uh, I really enjoyed that and started to take like little keyboard lessons when I was about that age and didn't get into it and just stopped. And then eventually when I was about 11 or 12, started playing the guitar and that's, that's when I really got interested in music, I think for real, um, as something I wanted to, to play and make, um, I started playing in bands and writing songs pretty shortly thereafter. Oh, so you've um, always wanted to work with music like your whole life? Yeah, I mean, I think I think before, like at some point in high school, I think I realized that it was something I wanted to do, actually. Once I started recording, dabbling in, in uh, recording a little bit, mm-hmm. that's where the aspect of it that really uh, hooked me more than anything else, I think, was just the, the recording process I found really enjoyable. And awesome. I think it sort of tickled both halves of my brain in sort of equal measure. You know, it's like a, it's a technical process that's highly creative. So it, it sort of uh, covered all the bases for stuff I'm, I'm fascinated by. That's awesome. Yeah. Who are your musical influences? A lot of them. Uh, <laughs> I love the Beatles and Led Zeppelin and all a bunch of classic stuff like that. And, and they might be Giants and Weezer and, you know, a uh, bunch of 90s music and, and Bjork and Imogen Heap and Jeff Buckley and Not a Surf and Ozma and uh, just a whole, bu- a whole bunch of people. I mean, the, uh, I got a pretty uh, wide range. The band, um, <laughs> you know, a, bu- a bunch of different, bunch of different stuff uh, for sure. Uh, what other instruments can you play aside from the guitar? Yeah, I I play uh, guitar like instruments. Oh, you know, uh, whatever whatever you play like a guitar, I can sort of play enough to record it or write on it. Mm-hmm. I try not to learn too much. I'm, oh. I'm learning, you know, on these. So because it's fun, I think to to get on an instrument you're not really that familiar with and write. I like doing that because you have to kind of throw out everything you know and just noodle and experiment. Um, so, but yeah, I, I mean, I play drums and bass and guitar are my sort of primary instruments that I play. That's um, cool. and then I can sort of play things that are like any of those things. Uh, <laughs> mandolin, ukulele. Oh, mandolin. Band, band, That's band, tough. Band, so yeah, it's, it's sort of all kind of the same, same idea, you know, as the guitar. So, um, but yeah, I play enough keyboards to like input MIDI notes and then fix it later. You know, but um, <laughs> that's cool. But, yeah, All I know is the viola. The viola. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's much harder than any of the things that I play. No, <laughs> it doesn't even have frets. There's no frets. <laughs> you have to make the note. <laughs> All you're by yourself. That's not that hard. You gotta pitch it all. You know, it's all to you. I mean, I don't know how to tune it or read music, so I kind of just play by ear. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah, I never, I never got into like, um, I kind of wish I did know some, some sort of either kind of band instruments or more kind of classical instruments. I just never, you know, 
I never yeah. really dedicated myself to any of that stuff. I, I was on the rock train pretty early. <laughs> That's awesome, though. What was it like working with the game developers? How involved were they in the musical process? Supergiant. Well, so technically, you know, I'm, I'm a part of Supergiant, you know, and, and, and on Bastion, I was contracting for a part of it, but was heavily involved in the development process. Um, and I, I came on board full time at some point, you know, during the, the game. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've been in, you know, the, the, the team is involved with my process and I'm involved with sort of the rest, you know, we're, we're a little company. So everybody kind of gets to look at all the other stuff that's happening and, and be influenced by it and have some sort of influence on it if they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Bastion specifically, yeah. I think I started just sort of experimenting. We talked about tone and vibe and setting and atmosphere and all that stuff. And I just sort of ran with that. Uh, and started making some pieces and then we had some sort of you know I, I was given some sort of rough requirements you know or, or we we sort of established some rough requirements for what we were going to need for coverage for each portion of the game you know we have the yeah. you know I had some I made a bunch of sort of extraneous pieces up front and then we decided well we need some pieces to represent this first section of the game you know in in the city itself which is going to have sort of a Byzantine kind of feel. So we need like a sort of a, an establishing piece for that mode mm-hmm. an exciting sort of more combat-y feeling piece <laughs> for that mode. And then, then sort of a more mellow piece. So, so kind of per mode, I had like three pieces uh, that I, that I, that I made um, kind of per area of the game that were region specific. Yeah. And then I, uh, sort of just made extraneous pieces as we needed and, and, and the vocal pieces as well, um, which were kind of specific to certain moments of the game that we knew that we wanted to, to include. What made you decide on that genre? It's trip hop, I think. (laughs) Yeah. I I called it acoustic frontier trip hop, which Mm -hmm. is sort of meaningless, but it's, it's basically the, it's the thing that I, the reason I called it that was because, (laughs) I needed, it was more to help guide myself in the process of making the, the music to mm-hmm. give myself some parameters to work within uh, and to try and uh, focus my efforts and, and make everything I was making sound related to itself, yeah. if that makes sense. You no, know, yeah, I get it. Like and, you want the whole game to flow, like each piece has to like go kind of like into the next one almost like they should all have a yeah. similar theme yeah and it's not it's not that it's that i wanted them to make sense all together in the same game and yeah. and i wasn't trying to do more traditional uh composing techniques because i don't really have a composing background you know i have a songwriting background so mm-hmm. and a production background so i wasn't super I didn't feel comfortable trying to like set up character themes that recur and all this other stuff, you know, do some more like kind of dynamic traditional scoring stuff that you might do. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was sort of my way to try and unify the music without doing that other stuff uh, and, and without just using the same, the same set of 
you know, no, I'm not just like using an orchestra or, or whatever for my instrument. I'm using a bunch of different kinds of instruments, mm-hmm. but they're all sort of related and have some 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 DNA in common uh, yeah, from piece you, to piece. You use the guitar, uh, I think, in a few songs. The, the, well, the guitar? I think it was the guitar, wasn't it? The key. Well, I mean, I use I use a lot of uh, a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a lot of acoustic guitar. There's some banjo. There's some ukulele. There's there's um, electric, you know, electric bass, yeah. and the drums are all canned pretty much. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't do any recording of drums. It's all either MIDI drums or samples and loops, and okay. then then strings are either MIDI or samples and loops. Um, there's some of that stuff in there. There's a lot of synthesizers. Um, then there's sort of like kind of Middle Eastern in- instruments and some African and Asian yeah. instruments. I forgot what song um, it was. There's, yeah, they're sort of mixed in, mm-hmm. you know, throughout. There's uh, sitars and, and um, you know, also bazookis and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> were you able to play the game, like, while it was in development? Yep, since the, whole, you were... the whole time. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was able to play it basically at every single step. That was part of the, sort of the idea for developing that game, I think, that Amir and Gavin had early on was to try to keep it playable the entire time. So that it was never in a state that was busted and you couldn't play it. <laughs> so, so yeah, I played it consistently throughout the entire project, and and you know it would influence what I would do with the music, and and then the music would influence what would happen with the game to some degree, I think, and 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 the art style. And once the art came, Jen came on board, and the art style started changing, um, and and becoming flush fleshed out, um, then that influenced me, and and so on. Um, which is your favorite song that you made for Bastion? Probably Setting Sail Coming Home. Hmm. Just because it it was it was a challenge, like a personal challenge for me to write that song just because I knew I, I had the idea to try and do the the overlapping vocals uh, and and to try and tie those two songs together and 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 I had the idea to do that before I wrote either of those songs. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of a very, it took like a super long time to execute that idea because I was, I would write one song and then eventually I wrote the other song and I had to, you know, and then yeah. I had to put them together. So it was like the end of a really long process and it was really, it was certainly a, a big relief to have, have done it uh, <laughs> when, when it was all done. So, so yeah, I think it's, it's that one, if for no other reason than I was just happy that I did it <laughs> more than anything else. <laughs> What's your composing process like? It's uh, different every for every piece. Uh, I mean, I'd say most of the time it's probably me noodling on guitar first. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes it starts with me picking a tempo and just sort of browsing through drum loops, you know, and, yeah. and figuring out what kind of feel I want. Um, and if I can get uh, some sort of drum beat to establish that feel right off the bat, then that'll inspire me to look for some other something else specific that I'll go and find, or or uh, you know to play something specific. So uh, yeah, but but first I sort of start with aiming at well, how do I want this piece to feel? What is it supposed to accomplish? Mm-hmm. And I don't always get to that point, but at least it gives me a a place to start and a direction to go initially, which is always for me the hardest part 
um, just picking a direction and going that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have you ever had that... any like epiphany songs? Like, oh my God, I have to write this right now. Jeez, epiphany songs. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like this isn't Bastion related, but for Transistor, I, um, we all become really, really fast to write actually. Um, mm -hmm. for relative to a lot of the other songs, they, they usually take me a while, but that one I ended up writing really quickly. That's really cool. Um, <laughs> one day I hope to do Transistor on the show. <laughs> oh, cool. Yep. Awesome. Uh -huh. Do you have a favorite video game? Probably Fallout 2. Oh, wow. It's, it's a tough one, though, because that game is amazing, but I've the game I've probably, like, played most in my life is the rock band franchise <laughs> uh so rock band two and three i've played an obscene amount that's of. awesome <laughs> and i still play i still have rock band four i've been playing i play that still it's do you have like all the songs cool. i have a gross amount of songs i i <laughs> i when rock band four was coming out and they announced that you were going to be able to import all your songs if you had an xbox 360 to your you know to the xbox one and if you had a you know and i didn't have a xbox one but i decided just to buy one and get it on that platform because <laughs> it was cheaper than rebuying all my music on the you know yeah. i had a ps4 already but i was like well i gotta do it because <laughs> it's like way way cheaper than buying you know a thousand songs again or whatever yeah. so <laughs> that's awesome so i did that yeah uh, do you have a favorite video game soundtrack? One that really influenced me a lot was Marble Madness for Nintendo. Oh, wow. Um, not the arcade version, no. mind you, which was the good, it was like the the FM synth version, which which had like kind of fake strings and, and mm -hmm. it was more of an orchestral arrangement, which I didn't even hear until I was an adult. Actually, I never played it in the arcade, but I had, I I don't even think I owned it, I would rent it. I'd rent Marble Madness <laughs> a bunch of times when I was a little kid, and yeah, go to Blockbuster and rent it. and And the score for that was super weird, and I really, really it made a big impression on me. It was the first time I was playing. I played a game where I thought, "Wow, this is crazy," and I've never heard anything like it. And it it was the you know just the Nintendo synth. Yeah. But um, but I think it was the Nintendo synth. What it did to that composition, which it wasn't originally composed for. Um, and the way that it was adapted for that, I think it just turned out super cool and weird and it fits the aesthetic of that game perfectly, which is crazy MC Escher weird game where you control a marble and it's super strange. <laughs> um, and that was awesome. I really, Dungeon Keeper, the first one had oh. a pretty fat, interesting score. Mm -hmm. I thought, cause it was like, it was kind of like half ambient sound design half score almost kind of all together yeah and the way that they implemented the music was really fascinating for that because it was all like that was back in the day when the c is the cd-rom the first track of the cd-rom was like the game <laughs> and then all the other tracks were just the music of for the game so so i took it and i ripped the you know music off yeah. and I'd play it i'd go drive around play it in my car um with it you know and uh and it's, yeah, super cool and super moody and really kind of like creepy industrial, like atmospheric, weird music that I really, really enjoyed. Um, 
and had a really really great vibe uh and then coupled with this odd unnerving sound design sections uh that would happen in between the the music tracks um so that was really cool let me see what what else those are probably some of my top top ones i mean i like some more modern stuff too and you know i really enjoy austin winter's work and and um oh yeah stuff Amazing. Danny Baranowski does really fantastic and <laughs> and um you know what I've played a little bit of Necrodancer and everything I've heard has been awesome oh my god and, I love uh, Necrodancer <laughs> yeah yeah really really cool music and um I actually started playing it because I heard the soundtrack first yeah 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 it's great <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. oh um when you play video games do you hear the music separately or as a part of it um, well, I mean, yeah, you, I mean, like think about the music, like, oh my God, this is it, it great. Depends. Yeah. I usually, so like in, when I'm playing a game, I'll notice the music if I like it a lot mm -hmm. or if it's, or if I think it's bad, but <laughs> if it's set anywhere in the middle, I don't really pay attention. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, like if it's it. sort of, if it just is working and doing a good job and doing its thing, then I don't even you know, it's yeah. just sort of part of the thing I absorb overall thing. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I, I'm not, I'm not paying particular attention necessarily, but I, but I will stop and um, notice every once in a while, even if, even if it is sort of not something I'm wowed by or, or that I don't like, mm -hmm. um, I'll still stop and check it out every once in a while specifically. Um, I'm mostly interested these days with like implementation stuff and how, how it is implemented and how seamlessly that that it is implemented because I'm I'm dealing with a lot of that stuff right now just trying to figure out interesting ways to implement music you know I'm sort of continue pushing on that on that front mm -hmm. um, um, do you want to do scores for films well if you haven't already I don't have a particular ambition to do that hmm. um, I love games and I love doing what I do. So, I mean, if for some reason some opportunity came up to do something that was, I was passionate about, I don't know, maybe, but it's just not, I just don't, I don't feel like I'd be, it, it would be, I'd be as in tune with how to do that. Well, I've done a little bit of to picture scoring. Like I've done a couple of short, I did like a short film. I did a couple of pieces for, you know, a couple of little random film projects and stuff, but but it's not really my. I feel it's like less my element. Okay. Than, than yeah, it's just like right a now. weird question I ask sometimes. No, no, it's a totally a fair question because there is some crossover for sure, and I know mm -hmm. there are some film composers who go the other way, and I know Austin Wintry's done films and you know things like that, and it's a it's a it's a thing yeah. for sure that composers do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think it's less in my wheelhouse probably. But I don't know. I haven't really tried it in a while. You know. Yeah. Um, are there any soundtracks you're working on currently? Yeah, Pyre. I'm working yep. on Pyre. <laughs> um, so, yep, that's what I'm working on. Okay. <laughs> Been working um, on that for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Would you ever make music for other games, like other game companies, stuff like that? I'm, you know, I'm a full, I'm full time at Supergiant. You know, I, I'm yeah. the audio director, so I'm not, okay. I'm not really a freelance dude. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. So, so yeah, but that's to answer your question. I mean, I mm -hmm. probably not just cause I, I'm busy, you know, and, yeah. and, and it, it, 
you know, I'm doing work for a super giant, but, um, and I, and I hope to do that, continue to do that. Um, the, the situation that I have at super giant is so great in terms of <laughs> the freedom that I have and the people I work with and everything and, and the way that, that we work together. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty good. I don't, I don't need, <laughs> you know, I, if the right thing came up and it wasn't going to take much of my time, you know, who knows? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Oh no, that's awesome. Um, that's yeah. great that you're working somewhere you love. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and the last question, do you have a weird talent? Do I have a weird talent? Yes. Um, I, well, I don't know if this counts as a weird talent. I, I am the 2010 national rock band champion. Oh my God, that's awesome. Does that, does that count? <laughs> yes, that counts. <laughs> the, my band was, I should say, we, we won a battle of the, like a national battle of the bands. Contest, What's your band's basically. name? It was called Raffle Now. <laughs> my, my, uh, my rock band band. Yeah. <laughs> And we went to yeah we went to the finals in Atlantic City Atlantic City and we we ended up winning we got to meet Ringo Starr and all you know, oh so, my yeah. god that's really cool I didn't yeah, even was, know they had that kind of competition they had it for two years two thousand nine and two thousand ten mm-hmm. and then Harmonix was no longer partnered with MTV or no longer owned by MTV oh no and that was the connection to Harrah's who put it on so Viacom so so anyway it stopped happening. So, uh, the bright side to that is that I'm the reigning champion forever, probably, because they'll never do it again. <laughs> That's amazing. So, even though that was six years ago, uh, I'm still the reigning champ. No, that's something I would definitely brag about. Yeah, that's fun. I got a and I got like a trophy too, which is. That's so cool. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta hang that up. I have nothing like that. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, this is the only thing like that I've ever done. I've really? Never, yeah, I've never done anything like that. Um, but rock band, you know, mm-hmm. it's just the time and place was right. Just, you know, and I, yeah, I love, I love the heck out of rock band. So that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And rock, yeah, rock bands made me a much better actual drummer in real life. I think too. It certainly improved my my real life drumming a whole bunch like coordination stuff like that well you know playing when you play on expert drums in rock band you're playing a literal translation of the part it's like every it's a one-to-one it's one-to-one basically um so you're really playing the real thing so when you play some kind of harder songs you have to up you know up your actual drumming ability to do it Mm -hmm. and then when I would sit down at a real drum set and I could play the things that I was playing, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It was really, really cool. And I, yeah, it's, that was, that was one of the, that's one of my sort of favorite things about rock band is cause I can kind of justify playing it a bunch because it is it like improve something in my actual life, yep. you know? Um, and it's super fun. <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> Oh, was there anything you were excited about at E3? Yeah, you know, that new Zelda game looks pretty rad. Everybody's talking about that. Um, (laughs) I haven't played a new Zelda since Wind Waker, I guess. So it's been a while. Yeah, I didn't Um, play Skyward Sword, which is... I didn't. Yeah, I I mean, it got pretty good reviews. A friend of mine who's a real Zelda fan Mm -hmm. wasn't super into it. 
Um, so that was telling um, for me. I think but, it was uh, like the Wiimote, like, yeah. I would watch some of my friends play, and they'd like swing their arms in the air, and I'd just, yeah, I it'd just, be a little silly. I don't really want to play anything where you have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Generally speaking, I, I mean, maybe someday, but I, I just, it's not my, it's not as much my speed. I like to ha use a controller, generally speaking. Um, yeah, so, but the new one looks really cool. Uh, what else? Uh, I saw... Crash Bandicoot. Cra I, didn't, I, I didn't actually see the, the trailer for that. The um, <laughs> I missed, you know, I think I'm like slightly too old to have a fond memory of the like PS1, like... 3d platformers or whatever you know like i'm like i'm just like i just missed like i was when it <laughs> i still have a little bit of this when it when things transition from super nintendo mm -hmm. like the like the pinnacle of like 2d wonderfulness to to like n64 and i felt like and it went everything was 3d yeah i felt like it just took a bunch of leaps backwards in terms of you know like i don't know for me i was like a I felt like an old timer being like, this 3D nonsense is, you know, <laughs> not as good as the 2D. So, and I still like have a little, I never quite, you know, got into the 3D platformer oh, thing, okay. even though everybody like universally loves super, like Mario 64 or whatever. I just never got mm -hmm. into it because I just would rather play Mario where I don't have to like fight with a camera and, you know. Oh, yeah. You okay. know, that, that, mm -hmm. that just Super Mario World is like, like perfect. And then... <laughs> So, but I think it's just because I was a little older and I missed the, like I wasn't the right, the age where, you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> when it came out, I was like already loved the other thing too much, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. <laughs> oh, no, I get it. <laughs> yeah, to, 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 give it a, to give it enough of a chance. But anyway, so I don't have the nostalgia for like the Crash Bandicoots and that. I missed that whole entire thing. Like I was already, I just didn't play any of those, the 3D platformer kind of collect-a-thon <laughs> games. Okay. Anything um, else that, for me, three? Yeah, there was, um, gosh, there was some cool looking stuff. I saw, um, I forget everything. Abzu looks pretty cool. Um, Austin Wintry did the music for that, and it sounds beautiful so far from what I've heard. Oh, yep. Um, the crazy Kojima oil baby game. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I, I just, like, have no idea what it is at all. I don't either. Um, if it's anything like uh silent hills i'll be so happy yeah i i have no idea so that that's who you know i'm curious about that mm -hmm. oh uh I, okay so i'm excited about um i'm excited about spider-man even though there hasn't been a good spider-man game in quite a while <laughs> i'm just like remember their Spider-Man 2, the like movie tie-in Spider-Man 2 was like really good. Oh my and god, super that was amazing. Fun. Yeah. And and I, you know, and uh, somebody good is making it, right? It's like I forget. It's oh, it's um... somebody rad. But anyway, so so that that's exciting and I'll probably play that. And um that's a big win for Sony too. That's like a You usually don't have console exclusive no big, big oh properties God. like that so mm -hmm. that's pretty crazy um but it makes sense because they own the media rights i think to spider-man uh oh yeah sony does yeah so that makes a lot of sense they should definitely put more money into their <laughs> games yeah the the gosh the other thing was 
there was something else that looked super awesome. Oh, you know what I was really shocked by being excited about was Watch Dogs 2. Really? Like I, I didn't play the first one mm-hmm. because it just, to me, looked like Grand Theft Auto with hacking. Yeah. And and I and I, I heard some okay things. You know, I didn't, I don't know. I just it, it didn't reach out to, call out to me. But the new one, I was like, I saw some gameplay from it. And I was like, oh, this looks actually pretty cool. There's like stealth and espionage and like fun, you know, you got to sneak in and do a thing and you can, you know, and, <laughs> and it seemed like you have had a lot of kind of compelling stealth options, which um, seemed cool to me. Like, I really like when a game does stealth well. It's often not super fun, but when it's fun, it's like really rewarding, I think. Um, I had a lot of fun with, uh, what was it? Brotherhood. Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. When they oh, okay. did like the multiplayer for that. Uh-huh. That stealth cool. was great. Cool, yeah. I never I never played that one. I, I think I, it's the only one I liked of the Assassin's Creed games. I played most of four, um, which I liked because of pirates. Um, <laughs> and the ship-to-ship combat and all that stuff was pretty rad, mm-hmm. I thought. The I didn't I haven't played any of the other ones I I I'm I own and have been meaning to play the last two uh, but um, <laughs> I'm I, gonna play I'm gonna play the Syndicate oh one yeah, eventually that's what it's I, called There's I want to like hear so many <laughs> yeah I know I want to hear the music Austin did the music for um, Syndicate and so I want to want to play that um, to hear what he did mm-hmm. the the other thing yeah so but, but anyway the the um, the my favorite stealth game i've played probably ever is uh marker the ninja i've never heard of that one it's by clay mm-hmm. who made um they made don't starve and oh. invisible ink and uh shank and some you know okay yeah stuff. but mark of the ninja it's super great i totally recommend it it's like a 2d stealth game in the style you know art clay's kind of signature art style mm-hmm. um i will look into it yeah, it's super, super, super fun. I really enjoyed that game. Um, other things that were exciting to me. Oh, you know, I, I hadn't seen... People have been talking about it for a while, but I hadn't seen much about We Happy Few Yeah. Yet. But I watched some stuff about that, and that looked really crazy. Yeah, it looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, just yeah, a bunch, bunch of cool stuff. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to all of it. I don't know if I'll ever have time to play it, but... <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I got to get through my massive backlog that I already have. Yeah, I also have a giant backlog. Um, My friend keeps recommending SNES games. Oh, yeah. And, like, I'll go to... We have a store nearby that sells old consoles and, like, um, retro games and stuff. So I'll buy the game, and I don't have the console, so I'll get the emulator... Because uh-huh. I feel so bad. I just well, you I bought have, the game. I yeah. buy the game and then I have to play it on the emulator. <laughs> sure. Well, it's reasonable. <laughs> like um, Star Tropics, I'd never oh, yeah. heard of it, and uh-huh, yeah. it's so difficult. Yeah, it's I... a bygone era. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I never, I never played Star Tropics. I, I games like, gosh, what were some great? I mean, everybody loves Chrono Trigger and yep, Castlevania. One of my favorites was Kirby's Dream Course. You remember that game? Oh my god, yes! The golf one? Yeah. <laughs> I, did you know on Wii U, you can buy it on Wii U and play it on your Wii U, Oh, for the virtual console. Yeah, yep. that's awesome. I did it, and it was awesome. <laughs> I played that game. I had, when I was in college, I found a ROM 
mm-hmm. of it. I couldn't find it anywhere. It was at, for a, a time it seemed like it had become super rare or something. Yeah. Because I was looking for the actual Super Nintendo version. I couldn't find it, so I I found a ROM of it, but there was something wrong with the ROM where like you wouldn't you would just lose a life every time you didn't get a hole in one. Oh God. So like you'd. So I was able to, I got to the point where I could beat the course by getting a hole in one on every hole, the first course. <laughs> no way. And then, but then when, like I would freeze it, you know, and save the state and then yeah. I would play it and play it until I got a hole in one and it took forever. And then when I finally beat it, the ROM was corrupted and crashed and just like, you can only play the first course. Oh. So, <laughs> so it just like made me really sad. So I've been on a quest to get it since and then I finally did and got it for, um. I, I bought it both, bought the SNES one online, and then I also bought it for Wii U, and I, I played it. And That's cool. Got, finally beat it. I never beat it. You know, <laughs> I played it as a kid, and it's one of those games where I like rented it from Blockbuster yep. twice or something, had really fond memories of it, never owned it, never beat it, you know. Um, but yeah, that happened a lot. There were a few games like that. It's like we could have spent all that money just buying the whole thing <laughs> yeah. instead of renting it so many times know, at Blockbuster. That's true. There's a few things like that. There were some movies that I used to watch a lot, too, that were like that. I think we didn't, for some reason, I don't know why, we didn't own Ghostbusters on VHS, so I just made my mom rent it all the time. <laughs> I must have, I'm, you know, I must I have think... rented that movie, yes. I think Five Goes Depends. West was, like, oh. my favorite. Yeah, we owned that one. That one I watched all the time, yeah. <laughs> I think we eventually owned it, but, like, we rented it, like, 20 times, and the yeah. people would be like, oh, you're back again. <laughs> the usual? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been looking for um, a ROM of, what is it, Sim City, yeah, Sim City for yeah. the SNES, because we just did Sim a show City. on that. Really, I never played the SNES version. I know. I didn't even know there was a version. I like, did not know that. One of the natural disasters that can occur is Bowser wrecking your city. What? Yeah. That is pretty awesome. <laughs> My friend Chris loves it. That's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I never. Wow, I never played that one. I played. I think the SimCity I played the most was like SimCity 2000 or something. Yeah, the ones on. I didn't even know they were on consoles. Like. Except I didn't for know the that recent either, yeah. ones. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, mm-hmm. crazy. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we should end the show now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. It kind of got off topic later on, yeah. but it was yeah. fun. <laughs> Excellent. Um, thank you for coming on the show, and I hope you had a good time. Yeah, no, it was my pleasure. Maybe I will ask you back again. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. Yeah, let me know when you do the transistor one. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye.